I have good news and bad news. What do you want to hear first? A good story takes us on a journey. It reminds us of where we've been and shows us where we could go. A good story makes us feel and inspires us to act. Welcome to the Good Story Podcast, where everyday stories that make you laugh, cry, or feel slightly uncomfortable will leave you inspired as Kirsten King tells true stories and teaches truth. Don't you hate it when someone says that? What do you choose first? I always, 100% of the time, choose the bad news. I mean, John Mayer said bad news never had good timing, and that is true. But I still would rather hear it before the good news because, man, hit me hard and then give me something to heal me, man. (laughs) We like good news. We love hearing good news. We like sharing good news. I had a friend this week find out that what they thought was cancer in her body actually was not. I was looking for a specific gift that I thought was sold out, but found out it wasn't, and I actually got it on sale. I remember when our kids were little and we'd tell them good news, like, we're going to McDonald's or Arby's. And they'd be like, thank you, mommy and daddy, thank you, mommy and daddy. Or we'd say, we're going to go to the mall. And the response was always the same. Thank you, mommy and daddy. They'd get each other worked up and they'd be so excited. I think they were more excited about saying the things and being worked up about it than they were the fact that we were going to Arby's because we went there a lot when the kids were young. Don't judge me, whatever, or judge me. I don't really care. We just did go to Arby's a lot. In fact, one day the manager was leaving. He was going to take a new job and we were there for the last time. We were going to eat together before Kenny and our two older boys, Kenny and Danny, went on a mission trip to Mexico. So we were there with Kenny, Kenny, Danny, Greta, Tim, and myself And we were eating, we were there for a little bit, and all of a sudden our youngest started getting a little teary, and he's like, oh, is it getting a little worked up? And so I looked and I said, you know what, honey, it's okay, you know, they're going to be gone, Dad and Kenny Danny are going to be gone for two weeks, but they'll be back soon, and we're going to do a lot of fun things. And he looked at me and said, I'm not crying for that, I'm crying because Doug is leaving, (laughs) who was the... Arby's manager. So, okay, I went to Arby's. We went there a lot. We like hearing good news. We like sharing good news. I also remember a time when Greta was in first grade in a conversation that I had with her. It was sometime in the spring, and it was this kind of rare moment, and she was opening up to me. It took her quite a few years before she was glad I was her mom, actually, and not mad about it. (laughs) She had some control issues, and I kind of was seen as her blocked goal. I was the obstacle that stood in her way of full autonomy. That and the fact that she was only seven was another obstacle. A little hard to find a job and drive and all those other things that were really more of the issue, but she didn't see those. She just saw me looming large over her. So needless to say, I was taken aback a little bit when she came up to me and said, can I talk to you? I went into her room, I sat on her bed, and she asked, Mom, did you like being a kid? I paused a little bit before I answered because like usual, I was trying to figure out what's her angle. But I thought, you know what? I'm not gonna be able to figure that out. So I'm just gonna straight up answer her. So I said, well, yeah, I I think I did. I mean, I'm sure there were things I didn't like about it all the time, but I had fun playing with my sisters and brother and, and pretty much liked it. Do you? 
She said, not really. I think I'd rather be a grown-up and a teacher. Oh, wow, that's cool. I told her, I said, you'll get to teach people how to read and do math problems and decorate your bulletin boards. Okay, let me just pause for a second, teachers. I understand there's a whole lot more that goes into it, but keep in mind, I was trying to relate to a first grader. Okay, so cut me a little slack. (laughs) She said, those aren't any of the reasons why. I was like, oh, okay, well, can you tell me why you want to be a teacher? She said, well, I want to be a teacher because I want to say, we're going to have a party on Friday, or today is the test, put your books away. And I want to be a grown-up because I want to be the one who says, we're going to Disneyland. Okay, I paused for a minute and said, well, it was exciting that we went to Disneyland. We had just gone there to celebrate my grandma's birthday. And she said, it is exciting, but I want to go to Disneyland and I want to be the one who says we're going to do it. (laughs) I can't blame her. We all love being the one who can share the good news. We all want to be the one to say, hey, did you hear who won that football game? Or, oh, did you hear who's getting married or who got a new job or whatever? Good news makes us smile. Christmas is a time full of good news. It's just that at Christmas, it's worded a little bit differently, isn't it? Instead of good news, what's the phrase we hear in relation to Christmas? Do you know it? Christmas tidings, good tidings. Have you ever Googled Christmas tidings? I have. So many Christmas tidings stuff. Greeting cards, quilts, wall hangings, cute little window clings. Actually, not cute, but little window clings. Christmas tidings is found also in many Christmas songs. I remember singing, we wish you a Merry Christmas as a kid. We'd sing it after our gifts were all opened or we'd sing it as the big closer for every single Christmas concert. There's so many syllables in that, but that's true. Every single Christmas concert we've ended with we wish you a Merry Christmas. I hate to admit it though, I was singing it wrong for years, like way too many years. I'm embarrassed to even let you know how many. What I found out when I found out what the correct way was to sing it, I was actually super confused. I have been singing good um, good tidings we bring to you and your king. Good tidings for Christmas and a happy new year. Oh, that was terrible. <laughs> what was wrong wasn't my notes, even though that was what was wrong right then. <laughs> but it makes sense, doesn't it? Good tidings we bring to you and your king. Bring king. It rhymes. That would make perfect sense. It would if all of our caroling was done in monarchies. I thought I was singing in my head. I thought I was singing like to the neighbors and to the the king of kings. Good tidings we bring to you and your king and my king. But then I heard it was actually good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Good tidings we bring to you and your kin? What? I don't think that song's going anywhere. (laughs) Tidings is also found in the song Christmas Time by the Backstreet Boys. Some of you boy band aficionados might remember that one. It says, Christmas time, time to share our love. Come and join the tidings to the world. Right? Join the tidings? Okay. That's not their most popular Christmas one. And I don't think that's going anywhere. That's going to stay just with good tidings we bring to you and your kin. Another song with the word tidings in it is one of my favorites. It's recorded by Amy Grant on her Christmas to Remember record. She has all these 
you know, lots of verses and courses. And then this verse comes up. It says, may the new year be blessed with good tidings till the next time I see you again. If we must say goodbye, let the spirit go with you till the season comes round again. I like that sentiment. I'd love for your new year to be blessed with good tidings. But my all-time favorite use of the word tidings is found in God rest ye merry gentlemen. It says this, God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Tidings of comfort and joy? Who doesn't want that? Well, sometimes me, because if I need comfort, what is that implying? Oh, I've been uncomfortable. I've been downtrodden. I'm sad. But we will all have times of struggle with that, won't we? The blessing is that when we will be uncomfortable, sad, or downtrodden, there's a promise that we can, in the midst of life, receive comfort and joy. That's good news. We want to be the grown-ups who share that good news, right? I want to look at an amazing example of the tidings of comfort and joy at work in the Word of God at the very first Christmas. In fact, it even predates the very first Christmas. I'm going to pick up Luke 1 at verse 6. The scene opens with Elizabeth, who is mother of John the Baptist, six months pregnant. Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 6. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Pause. She's in need of comfort. We'll continue. But the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. That is good news that brings comfort. Continuing, you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive, she's in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So she hears this news and she travels to go and visit her relative Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, 
The baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Do you hear that? I want to repeat that verse 45 again. This is Elizabeth talking to Mary. She said, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This couple's hand in hand so well with what we looked at last week. We saw Rahab placing her faith and trust that God would fulfill his promises. Here, Mary knows that the Lord will fulfill his promises to her. And Mary erupts in song. And she says, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Pause. Good tidings that has brought comfort and now great joy. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. What a blessing. What a song. Not only did God provide comfort and joy for Mary as she was carrying God's own son, as she looked ahead to traveling, to having a baby away from her family, not only did we see God providing comfort and joy at the front end of this, but in her song, she reminds us that God's son was going to bring comfort and joy to all people. Did you hear her say that? His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Comfort and joy will come to all people. Jesus, God himself, putting on flesh, is coming near to us. This Jesus, this baby that Mary carried, came to live a perfect life, came to give up his life for us, rising three days later victorious over sin and death. He has come to bring us good news, which brings us back to God rest ye merry gentlemen. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Jesus came to save us from Satan's power when we were gone astray. What does that mean? Isaiah 55, 5 to 6 tells us that. It says, but he, the one who would bear our sins on the cross, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace 
was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Listen to this. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Isaiah says we're like sheep that have gone astray. We aren't following the shepherd. We're carving our own path. We've turned to our own way. We aren't walking the way God had intended for us to walk. We are not going down the paths of righteousness that he is leading us on. We are going astray and this is sin. And this sin was laid on Jesus. And by his wounds, we are healed from it. This is good news. This is tidings of comfort and joy. These are good tidings we want to share. Whether adult or child, we can all say that it's a good thing that Jesus was born. It is the ultimate good. It is good tidings that our God drew near to us and invites us to live in relationship with him here on earth and forever in heaven. It is good tidings that bring comfort. Do you need comfort this year as you look ahead to the holiday season? Are you missing someone? Are you battling disease? Are you suffering from deep discouragement or mental illness or financial needs or a need you can't even name? May I encourage you with tidings of comfort? God is near you. He hears you. He loves you. He is able to comfort you and give you peace that goes beyond our circumstances. What about joy? Do you need joy this year as you look ahead to the holiday season? Are you feeling downtrodden or discouraged or just blah? Are you looking at festive lights but feeling low? Is there an emptiness in your heart that has left a void that you think can never be filled? May I encourage you with tidings of joy. God has made it possible for you to draw near to him and to ask him to give you a joy, a deep joy that comes from knowing God walks beside you. He holds you in the palm of his hand. He leads and directs your steps. He is your rear guard. Perhaps you're feeling a joy and an excitement as you look ahead to time with family and friends. May I remind you that every good and perfect gift has come from God himself. You have received this joy and this comfort from him. Take time, make time to thank him for these gifts. I want to encourage you, my friend, that whatever you need, Jesus is there to meet that need and to fulfill all of his heart's desire for you. May you follow his ways that are right. May your sin be covered in white. May you rest in his love and his light. May your days be merry and bright. And may all your Christmases delight.